in three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Fight Junkies. It's a beautiful Thursday in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we have another awesome episode because there's been a lot going on in the MMA world. Today, I'm rocking with George, my engineer. How you doing, Big George? Doing amazing. What's up, lovely people? Thank you for tuning in on a, a phenomenal Thursday, man. Feels good to be back. Although the card isn't, like, spectacular this weekend. Still some big news, yeah? Lots of big news. Lots of big news. Yeah, I appreciate having you. It's good to see you. Good to see you too, partner. Um, it's, it's, I'm excited. I'm in a great mood. I woke up this morning and my father, for the first time in a long time, was sitting on the couch. Oh. Oh, drinking coffee. Hey, what's up, Dad? Yep. So uh, OG Fight Junkies is in, is in town. We're going to go see Mackenzie Dern versus Angela Hill as the main event at the UFC Apex Saturday. I'm super stoked about that. Nice. Um, you know, he can watch some people get kicked in the face. So, a lot's been going on, but there's one thing that I want to start with. Because 48 hours ago, there was one of the biggest announcements outside of the UFC that a fighter has ever done. Besides Conor McGregor. You know what I just thought about, though? What? You know, I would... Fill I, me in. We're, I'm going to dive into it, but... All right, so... I'm going to go into the long form in a second, but for us... And Let's, some of the viewers, I thought it was like, damn, Francis Ngannou said his thing. He went viral. Dana stepped all over it and announced the BMF belt. But you know what also came out the same day? Yeah. Conor McGregor's Netflix special. Very true. I didn't even think about that. So that's a that's a, a twosie right there. So yeah. that's how calculated the machine of the UFC is. Um, damn. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't put that together. That's pretty cool. So, if you didn't know, Francis Ngannou, um, former, well, I guess current, former heavyweight champ of the world when it comes to the UFC, but uh, he's, you know, over the over time, he was having some, some issues, we'll say, with negotiations or, I mean, I don't know the guy, but from what I saw, uh, and I could be wrong, I could be wrong. I look from what I was hearing, it was a little hard for him uh, to come to terms with Dana. I don't know if it was Dana who was being a pain in the butt. I don't know if it was Francis, but unfortunately for us MMA fans, uh, they could not get a deal done. And Francis was asked to be released, and he was released. So we're talking, I think he was released in November, December. We got the former current. At that time, there was no other heavyweight champ. It was a vacant belt. Biggest, baddest mother effer in the planet who's, you know, a free agent. That doesn't happen a lot. You never see people usually get... The UFC is the pinnacle of the sport. It's a World Series of MMA. It is the top echelon. It's where all the cool kids go. And that's where you want to go. You work your whole life to get there. So to see the guy that's at literally the top of his game, the heavyweight division champ, leave, I was a little bit... Not just torn as a fight fan, but torn as like, the UFC is not just, how can I put this for people that don't understand? It's bigger than the fight. It's like legacy. It's legacy and the media that they push behind it, it's an entire enterprise. And it's so, the, the UFC is so much more than you getting in the octagon. The embedded, I mean, alone is getting millions of views. The, you know, ESPN uh, just streaming everything that they have. They're, they are literally giving people the platform to build themselves into a massive brand like Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier now, you know, doing really great with his hot sauce. 
Israel Adesanya, you know, these guys are doing, I mean, Sugar Sean said it best. He said, I, I may not make the most out of all the fighters in the UFC, but because of what the UFC has given me, I am able to make millions of dollars outside of the UFC. So that's where I was torn when it came to Francis. I'm going to dive into my notes a little bit here because I want to get this right because there's been a lot going on. So if you didn't know, um, if you're a current champion and you're fighting uh, you know, to defend your belt, you get pay-per-view points. I don't know what it is. George, you have any idea? Like, was it like two bucks? Uh, I have no clue, but you want me to look up pay-per-view points? Yeah, so pay-per-view points means if they sell, you know, a million pay-per-views at $79.99, you get a couple dollars of every single one as the champion, plus your fight purse, which could be, you know, your guarantee, and then your win bonus or whatever. Yeah, it says it goes up to $2. Uh, okay. But yeah, no, no, everything you explained is right on the money. All right, cool. So that's pretty big. Some of these guys, you know, granted, it's only a handful of people that are making that. You know, the Ronda Rousey's, the Conor McGregor at the time, uh, Daniel Cormier. I know Stipe's done pretty well. Aljamain Sterling now, he's, uh, you know, the winningest bantamweight champion in uh, UFC history. Uh, he's starting to, you know, get some some M's in the bank account. What I have never seen is... And, and I don't know if I agree with this or not, but if you look at boxing, you get two fighters that get in there, they're both going to make a lot of money. But like Dana White always says, it's a going out of business party. They're throwing all their money into these fighters. That's hilarious. It's the first time I've ever heard that. But it is. Right? Yeah. They don't, it's, you know, and that's why Dana says, like, you guys don't know what I pay these fighters. I've met, I, Dana has done. Look, I'm I know I've been with Dana multiple times. This guy is just the most giving, selfless person I've ever met. You know, I can't imagine all the things he does for people behind closed doors and, and it's nobody's business. But the media likes to say that the UFC fighters aren't getting paid. Here's what I think. And and I it's it's been proven over time. There has been so many organizations that have either been consumed by the UFC or be went bankrupt. There's a reason for that. When you have all your money going into one or two fighters, I mean, let me backtrack a little. If you look at boxing, uh, one, there was a card. Oscar De La Hoya did a card a couple years ago. I mean, and there was like pro boxers on there that were getting 2000 to fight. Two grand. Whoa. And then like the main event's getting $25 million. That's a little bit crazy. When it comes to the UFC, they're such a big monster in a corporation that they've been able to get to this $14.5 billion valuation over the last 30 years because they're doing things strategically. They're doing them to sustain a business for the longevity of the athlete and to build this into one of the biggest sports conglomerates on earth. And they're doing that because they're not throwing all of their money, literally everything, into one. If you... Bare knuckle. I don't know if you if you knew this, but you know I was at the bare knuckle press conference. Uh, I was with the owner and founder Dave Feldman, all the fighters. I was chilling. Um, I did not know that their last event, they were so close to bankrupt that the CEO co-founder took out another mortgage on his house. Oof! If that pay per view flopped with Rockhold versus Perry, that's it was it. over. Finito. C'est la vie. Over. Until until they did great. They did do great because Mike Perry, shout out to Mike Perry, he's a beast. Well, like you were saying, though, I think it's, I mean, America 
monopolizes those things. It's a phenomenal idea, okay? Having bare-knuckle boxing is is amazing, right? It's very similar to the UFC. I would say if the UFC, now that they added Power Slap, if that flopped, Dana might go as far as helping bare-knuckle and wanting to, to take that in. What do you think is more dangerous, Power Slap or bare-knuckle boxing? Oof, power Slap. I, I think I'd have to agree too. So it's not like they're taking the worst of the two, like for for athlete wise. Yeah. But and I'll talk to you offline about some things I know from being in the room with both uh the co founder and all the fighters from Bare Knuckle, but I don't think wink wink they'll be, you know, sanctioned in, in Nevada as of right now. Com- competitors will say. Okay. Competitors. We'll talk later. That's uh insider info for fight junkies. But Go back to my point. That organization, which succeeded, had four former champs. People, you know, Eddie Alvarez fighting Chad Mendes, Mike Perry fighting Luke Rockhold, Ben Rothwell. These are all former, like, high-level, either fought for the belt or were champions in the UFC. Now they're over there, which is great. And I said in, the la- in one of those episodes, I said, they did so t- tremendously well, but where do they go from here? Where do you go from here? You're not going to get... I mean, you may still have like some rematches, but, you know, I think they might have, you know, blew their cherry out like in that last fight. And it, and it, it, that's not what the UFC does. They're not, Dana's not going to say, damn, let me just give everybody all like, no, he's going to sustain that lower level fighters get six figures, you know, in their contract or above. They get their bonuses. You could go out and fight four or five times a year. Granted, there's injuries, but if you win, you get a, you know in a spectacular fashion. You get up to 50k for the bonus. On very awesome, happy Dana days, he's given 75 to 100, but that's only happened like twice in the last 13 years. But there's money to be made. And then when you get to the top echelon, you can make them the millions. I'm telling you all of this about the pay scale and the way that things work with the UFC and boxing because I segue into my next. Next money My next rant about money. Cha-ching. Francis Ngannou, who I personally, okay, you know, he's, he's from Africa. He came, you know, as, as an immigrant uh, into France, was homeless. He's got one of the craziest stories ever. I mean, the things that this guy went through to go living in the streets of France with nothing, without a visa, to being the heavyweight champ of the world. Crazy. One in a billion, trillion, zillion. Right. Right? Goes to the UFC, makes some really good money, and then he leaves. He signs with PFL. And we're going to dive into this now. PFL, Professional Fight League, is another organization that um, they're more of a tournament style. They'll do like five fights in like one month or something. I don't don't really know. But um, actually, I talked to the champ. She's in Brazil. uh, She has an awesome interpreter. They were in here once. Shout out to PFL, Pachenko, awesome. But they're a newer organization when it comes to, I would say just a organ, newer organization, like money-wise. Like, they, you know, they're not anywhere near the UFC. And I'm not trying to compare the two. But when I compare the two, I look at the contract that Francis Ngannou just signed. Let me, let me look at this real quick. Because I don't even know if I believe all of this. Francis Ngannou, 
signed like a four fight deal with the PFL. One of the stipulations is that his opponent gets a minimum of $2 million. His opponent gets a minimum of $2 million. He's also a partner for PFL Africa. He's a fighter advocate. And on top of that, George, this is the biggest thing that all the UFC fighters have been pissed off about. Connor's the only one to do it. In his PFL contract, he can go and box. Ooh. That's a big one. That's well, yeah, no, that's like a non-compete. Like, no, no, no. Go that, do your thing, bro. Yeah, never have. And we and I bring that point up because everyone saw Conor McGregor August 21st, 2017, step into the octagon against one of the greats in Floyd Money Mayweather. Boxing ring. Boxing ring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he made a hundred million dollars. Started proper twelve. And now, you know, I think they sold this for six hundred million or something like that. Proper 12, what's up? Fight Junkies. <laughs> Sponsor? Uh, possibly you. Possibly you. I mean, it's such an honor to have your stuff on Fight Junkies. It's the only alcohol in the in the studio that's been here for three years and has not been open. That's like an aged bottle of Proper 12. Yeah. That's, you, that's extra special. Literally yeah. unopened. That's been here since I, before I started working here. And this that's saying something. When Mr. Orlando... Himself gets Conor McGregor in a, this building. We'll have to crack this baby open and take a, a little drink with the man himself. But let me get back to it. Conor McGregor made $100 million boxing. Nobody had ever done that. They never did any cross-promotion fights or allowed fighters to go over and box. And everybody since then was like, God damn. I want to go get the bag. I want to be like Conor McGregor. I want to go and blah, 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 blah. The problem is... You're not Conor McGregor. You're not Conor McGregor. How many people show up? And there's a reason I'm wearing this suit top. They show up looking like this. They want to wear suits. They want to be people they're not. I'm not a suit guy. I have face tattoos. We don't wear suits on Thursdays. True. Neither do the fighters that now show up to press conferences to try to look and be like Conor McGregor. And it bothers me. And here's where I think... This deal for the PFL and Francis Ngannou comes into play. Francis is the only person that I know of that has a contract. Not a fight came up. Let's try to do business. In his contract with ink on paper, he can go box. And if you don't know why I'm so excited about that, then you don't know boxing. There's four heavyweights in boxing. The lineal champ, best savage Six foot nine, Gypsy, the Gypsy King himself, the king of the heavyweights. I want to see him and Francis and Ganu fight. And here's why this whole thing with uh, Francis do, when he left. I don't know if you guys know this. Francis had been wanting to box Tyson Fury. Dana would not allow it. He, you are a UFC fighter. So he said, Well, damn, I want to go make 100 million. So he. Neglected to sign contracts, and eventually, now he's got it in a contract with PFL. Originally, I thought this is a dumb deal. You're kick, you know, you're kicking yourself in the in the ass. You're gonna you're gonna end up back in the UFC eventually. But I don't hundred percent. But I mean, still could. I I think he is, and it's because the timing, bro. I mean, he. 
he has the the ball in his court. Very few athletes get the chance to do this. So he's going to, you know, bait out the UFC. He's going to make Pavlovich think that there's honestly a shot. <laughs> he's going to make Jamal Hill think, oh, maybe I should go up and be a double champ. Like, there's going to be this wave of new heavyweights that I think once he comes back, Francis is going to have some some issues because he could have dominated the whole division for the next five years, solidified his name and the legacy in eternity forever. Well, John Jones, John Jones. Sorry. Sorry. Do you think that's what he, he was afraid of? I don't want to be disrespectful I, and use the word afraid because Francis... And Ganu lives in Las Vegas, and I don't yeah, want him to not crash through the brick wall and strangle my little white ass. That dude is petrifying. But I don't know. You want to dive into that? What's your opinion on that? You're an athlete. <clears throat> I. It makes me feel like uh, John Jones might just sign like a one fight deal with the PFL. He's gonna in this. I mean, you were listing off all those things that happened on the same day. But let's not act like the UFC signing the deal with the WWE a couple of months ago. This isn't just an amazing storyline. Oh, my goodness. One fighter leaves. Now we're going to have PFL versus UFC. Yeah, but UFC, I would even, if I was Dana, I would pay John Jones on top of whatever his PFL contract is to go fucking show Francis. No. Like, you're not the baddest in the you're world. You're not the baddest in the world, and you you made this decision, and I wanted one of what I considered what would be the greatest fight. I would let's let's make John Jones the the highest paid UFC fighter ever. I think he is right now. Besides like Izzy and Connor, but think, like in a way where it's never going to be touched. Yeah, ever. Well, there's two ways to look at this, and I listened to uh, Funky Ben Askren and uh, DC. Shout out Daniel Cormier. Come on, fight junkies, baby. DC, you're the man. I watched their show this morning, and if you saw a tweet, um, John Jones said, uh, how can you, like, it's funny that you're saying you're the baddest motherfucker in the world from across the street. And Francis Ngannou said, then, then cross the street. But let me backtrack. He's saying, basically, John is saying, don't chirp now that you left, right? Don't talk shit now that you left the UFC and we're not going to scrap. But three years, bro. Three years. Three years, John Jones did not fight and sat on the sidelines while Francis ran through Rosenstruck, Stipe. Oh, see, he was, he beat the, all, everybody in the top five in the heavyweight division. Cyril gone. While John Jones was chirping from the sidelines. They're kind of doing it to each other. So I'll ask you this, George. Was John Jones afraid? Uh, no, I think, um, <clears throat> Or was he preparing accordingly? I don't. I just don't. I don't put it past some of these fighters to want to soak in some of what they've accomplished at a certain point, and I think that's what he was doing. Be and at the same time, too. I mean, he had all those scandals with the the PEDs, and it, it was it was a tough like span for him. Yeah. Um. But I, I don't think he's afraid. I think he's back. You know what I mean? Like, now this is your time. Like, yeah. it, Francis, if that is like what Francis was trying to do, like play the petty move, like that's as petty as you can be. Oh, that's pretty petty. 
<laughs> That's super petty. But from what I heard, they tried to get the fight done in MSG multiple times. T-Mobile was like three times they tried to book that fight. My question, though, you guys, leave a comment below. Hypothetical. John Jones getting in there with Francis Ngannou. I don't want to hear, well, blah, 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 PFL, he's not there, it doesn't matter. I want your honest opinion. If John Jones stepped in the octagon across the Predator, Francis Ngannou, who do you think wins? I, I got to go with the GOAT, 15 world championships, like, yeah. you know, all-American wrestler. I got to go with Jones. I mean, if, and if you look at it like this, Francis Ngannou fought Cyril Gaon for five rounds. Mm -hmm. John Jones beat Francis or beat Gaon in one. one round. Didn't even break a sweat. And then went, because he's the GOAT. <laughs> that was legendary. I'm going to do that in four years because fight junkies, we're going to be the GOATs. Ba -a. So here's another thing. Francis, he's going over the PFL, which is a smaller organization. And for the last couple weeks, I was thinking, damn, he's not going to have anybody to fight. Well, Ben Rothwell, big Ben Rothwell threw his hat out there and said, let's promote this shit. Everybody's going to be like faking injuries and telling them every other organization they want to leave because they're looking at their current contract going, damn, I'm 50 and 50 or 18 and 18 or whatever the case is, 100 and 100. I could go fight Francis and I get a guaranteed 2 million. I don't know if I believe the 2 million for the opponent thing. It sounds really good, but there's got to be more contingencies in there. You're going to give some unknown dude or who, I don't know who's going to step in there with Francis. They deserve 2 million. If you're going to get in there with that, that savage of a man beast, but I don't know, man, I don't know. But if you didn't know, and this is just a rumor, this yeah, is, it's not insider information. It's just a rumor. PFL may be buying Bellator. Now that's interesting. And that opens it up to a lot more competition for Francis. I don't know if it's true. Don't shoot the messenger. Um, but yeah. And another thing, before, and we'll move on. There's a lot to unpack here, so stay with me. Francis, is he? Let me ask you this, because I don't. I honestly don't know. Because anytime Francis has fought. The co-main event or the rest of the card has been stacked and the UFC is great at doing what they do. Is Francis Ngannou, aside from the fact that he's a complete savage, former heavyweight champ, is he a needle mover? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think he has the that flair. And I think PFL will realize that after... They go broke. <laughs> Yeah, after a first, like his first couple of fights, I he needs the UFC to make the storyline. Because yeah, dude, it's it's like anything. Like you you need uh like you were saying earlier, that that legacy play, but he doesn't move the needle. What do you think? I think it I think it, you know, you know, it goes off at E a little bit, maybe to a quarter tank, but it's no Nate Diaz, you know, no Connor. Um, and, and even if you move the needle yourself, you got to have a good dance party partner and who the hell is he, 
Who's he going to be dancing with over there? I don't I, know. I just looked at the top two. So Dennis Gold, Goldsov um, and Ante Delihia. No nope. disrespect to those guys, but I, I, and yeah. granted, I don't. I'm sure they have a huge following. I don't know who they are, and I, you know, and I don't care who you are. I don't care if you watch UFC or not, or you only watch Bellator, or, or you're only watching one championship in Asia. Everybody knows who the champs of the UFC are because of how big they are. Who's gonna go? Oh my goodness, you know, get let's, let's do a barbecue and blah. Maybe they'll do it for Francis, but I don't know, man. And if you're giving your opponent. That is virtually to most of the the MMA community unknown two million dollars. It just it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make to me. sense. We have a question from uh, one of our commenters here. If you, I'll read it off to you, but it's on the screen. I have a question: Is Francis petty or is he black? Because last I checked, Connor and other white fighters didn't get this much shit to do what he has or to do what he has needed to do to get paid. Quick answer. I'm I'm not a black man. I'm not going to get into that because I, I. It very well could be. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not. Gonna, I, I have no idea. Because I mean, he is. I mean, but I think it's a lot of shit for this. You know, you're Cuban. It, you could maybe dive into that a little more. I mean, it's it's the dream, dude. It's the dream to feel wanted for anybody, and you know, it doesn't matter how much flack you take. And I don't think. Uh, well, he's saying, is it because of the color of his skin that he's not getting the things that Conor McGregor and these other people got? And I, I'm not in the room. I don't know. But from my relationship with with Dana and and the brass over there and everybody that I, that I've met, um, that's not the that's not the case. No. Not, and if it was the case, you wouldn't have DC working there. You wouldn't have, you know, a, a lot of these these I mean, champions in yeah. history working there, like. It just it would have already come to fruition. Building, Thirty years, something would have came out. They're building uh, another. What's this called? The not the apex. The yeah, uh, uh, PI in Africa. Yeah, they're building the PI in Africa and in it's Mexico. Like, no, Dana sees there's... one color, green. <laughs> Facts. Facts. So, uh, but the the comment is hundred percent. Thanks, guys. No problem, cakes. All right, I'm gonna dive into um, fight night this weekend. I'll be there. I'm gonna talk more about the fight night. On Monday's show, Mackenzie Dern, Angela Hill, we got Joaquin Buckley, um, some good fighters on there. I'm going to break that down on Monday because, you know, we're we're almost done with this show today, but there's a lot that happened. You guys want to talk about is Francis Petty. Let's dive in, cakes, listeners, to is Dana Petty, and I love it. Yep. Because I, I love, I love, I love that shit. I love it. You're not going to come and play in my playground. And if you do, you're not going to do it without me there and have all the eyes on you. Kiss my ass. Not happening. I don't know if that's what Dana did, but we just talked for 35 minutes, maybe more, about Francis Ngannou. Well, guess what? The day he announced that, the the morning from, what, 09, 9 a.m., sorry, Army stuff, 0 9 to 1,200 hours. It was all PFL, all Francis. Well, guess what Dana White did? And I don't know if it's just him being petty. You're a busy man, and you and you you host a big sports show. So I know you're real busy. So maybe you haven't had the time, George, after working so hard and doing everything you're doing. Um, do you know what I'm about to talk about? I just want to see if it reached you. No. No. I. There's There's been basketball on too, bro. Okay. But, but yeah. 
Go ahead. Fill me in, because I know I know he has something to say. Like, All right, so he didn't directly, as he never does, say anything. I mean, he said he's happy for Francis, but here's what he did do. He announced UFC Salt Lake City, UFC 291. The BMF, the baddest motherfucker belt on the planet is back. Jorge Masvidal retired. And I'm sure very, very kindly said you guys can borrow my belt because nobody's taking that belt from, from Masvidal. The same day Francis announces his new contract, Dana comes out and announces the two baddest dudes on the planet are going to fight for the BMF belt that has been vacated. And we got Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. Number two has the main event in Salt Lake City. If you're not excited about that, boy, go, go. I'm going to throw this microphone at the camera. Bobby, stop. Oh, Bobby. That is a fireworks fight. If you, I don't even care if you watch, if you don't even watch, if you're, if, if your grandson's watching me right now and you're in the kitchen making coffee and you're 80 years old, go watch that fight. Watch it. Banger. So that being announced the same you know, day is, is ridiculous. And I'm going to break that card down a little bit. The BFMF belt is on the line. The main event, Salt Lake City, UFC 291. Two of the bads. Here, I don't know if you guys uh, watched the, the first. What's the date on this? Mm, August 21st. Let me look. Okay. Okay. Let me. Let, well, yeah. I got you. It's, I got it's you. a couple months Keep from going. now. Here's what I think is really great. If you don't know who Jan Blakovich is, Jan Blakovich is the Polish power. Polish power, meaning this dude knocks everybody out. The former UFC lightweight, light heavyweight champ, Jan Blakovich. You know who he's fighting? Alex Pereira. Ooh. Alex Poetan Pereira is Adesanya's biggest rival, is moving up to the 205-pound division to go against Jan Blakovich. Now, this could go two ways, I believe. Bro. This could be Jan saying, I'm better than all of you, you two, because I, I already beat Israel Adesanya, and now I'm going to beat the brakes off of, you know, Poetan, and it makes Jan just go like, you guys aren't ready for this division. We're the big boys. Or it's the biggest troll move ever coming from Alex Pereira because he already beat Izzy. Three times. Yeah, he just lost the belt to Izzy. Shout out to Izzy. But to go up and say, you know what? You went up a weight division. You went up not just like 55 to 70 or 35 to 45. Going from the middleweight division to the 205 is 20 pounds. That's big. Yeah. That's like... The difference in all, like from my size to you, bro. You would ma- you would huge. throw me across this room. It's a huge difference. I I mean, not a troll move in my opinion. I think it's no, but troll to like if like he's always going after Izzy, right? So Izzy lost to Jan for the to, yeah. he went up to two hundred five to try to become a double champ, and he lost. So if, if Poetan goes up to two hundred five and he beats Jan, it's like another it's another arrow in the back to Izzy. hundred percent. No, no, I I get what you're saying, but I I just think like you can't be in that mindset. You know what I mean? Like it's not healthy at all. (laughs) It's not healthy whatsoever. But do you think this is him wanting to stay at 205? I think that the man is going to die if he 
stays at 185. Alex Poetan, look at my beautiful face. You're a big son of a gun. Stay at 205. You have children. <laughs> that shit's, yeah. shit's going to kill him, man. I don't know how he does. He stood next to, oh, my goodness. Who's the guy that arguably beat John Jones? Uh, Don, Dom. Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes arguably beat the GOAT, John Jones, in a five-round battle. A lot of people thought he won. He ended up losing. He's a 205er, a badass 205er. He stood next to Poetan, and Poetan is uh, Brazilian for Stone Hands, if you didn't know. That's his nickname, Stone Hands. Alex Pereira made Reyes look small. Crazy. And he was doing that in 185. That just shows the, the discipline. But I honestly believe that if he didn't cut that much weight, I don't think he would have got knocked out that easily by Izzy. Because his brain, you know, didn't wasn't you're damaging your body, your organs, you're losing all, you're cutting all the water, you're water loading, and then you're dropping all the water out. If anybody's ever cut weight, it, it sucks. All right. So I'm super excited about that. So we got Gaethje, Poirier, we got um Poetan, Blakovich, and then we got a dope fight. Guess who's back? Champ shit only, baby. Guess who's back? Who? El Kakui, Tony Ferguson is gonna be in the house. Jesus. And he's fighting Bobby Green. Tell that's, me that's not a savage oh fight. God. Holy smokes. So, yeah. PFL. Have fun. Once every three months having a big night. UFC's here every goddamn Saturday. Week. <laughs> every Saturday, bro. And one of my the last fight I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about, Michael Chiesa. I know Michael. He's a savage. He's a beast. Mike Okiesa is coming back, and he's fighting Kevin Holland on the same card. Oh, my God. If that doesn't excite you, smack yourself. Kevin Holland, excellent commercial. I don't know if you've seen it yet. But <laughs> yeah. with commercial uh, was amazing. With, um, uh, with Wonder Boy Thompson. Yep. Yeah, tequila or something, right? Yep. So that's what I had today. I went over all that last night while my daughter... Um, nicknamed the great baby slept with her hands like this. So again, Saturday, there will be an Iraq combat veteran who is the son of a 9-11 first responder. My father lost his partner, 37 friends for the Port Authority police on 9-11. He was supposed to work that day. He called a friend because he went to the Yankee game. If he did not have Maurice Barry work his shift, my father would not be here Maurice Barry, rest in peace. They all died when the towers fell, saving people. These are heroes, and my father's one of them, and he's in Las Vegas, and he's going to be at the UFC Apex Saturday. And I'm so excited to finally give back to him because he's given me, I get emotional so much, and I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. Shout out my dad, my wife. Shout out George. Thank you, George. Thank you, man, for and, letting me be a part of this one. That's and shout out uh, John Orlando. All right. And that's that, baby. Fight junkies. Like, share, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for viewing. Tell your kids. Tell your grandma. Tell your neighbors. Tell the random people you see on the subway. Tell everybody because we're coming in hot, baby. Fight junkies. Thank you. We're out.